this is from Books to Bills Podcast, a podcast for young professionals. This is your girl Erica Helling, all the way from Atlanta, Georgia. And this is everybody's favorite staff member, Helling all the way from Gainesville, Florida. Okay, what? friend, I see you in a new city. Yes, yes. Y'all favorite staff member was on time today. We ain't had to chase them down, send nobody out for them. I told you, friend. I told you. I was so, so stressed at my old job that I couldn't even stay on time, like, outside of work. Ain't that something? It's sad. Mm -hmm. Blame it on the old job. Oh, everything going on the old job at this point. Well, y'all, this is Perfect Patty, hailing from Tyler, Texas, packing my bags for Charlotte. I'm ready to go. I'm ready. Hey, Perfect Patty, girl. How you doing? You so silly. You moving to Charlotte? I wish. No, I'm going for Labor Day weekend. Okay. Why ain't getting no invite to Charlotte? I don't know if I want to put the reason on the air like that, but you're not invited. (laughs) Mm. People so fake. I swear to God, they fake. I, guess. I know you well, ain't talking shit. Doing... Y'all was just parlaying in Atlanta together without me. If my memory serves me correctly, and I need a backup right here, but the last time I was in Atlanta, I was helping my friend move. Okay, kind of lying, friend. The last time you was in Atlanta, it was a morning. Friend, a friend. I thought about it when I was saying it, but I just needed you to co-sign. <laughs> I was like, okay, Shaq. Now you lying to the people. You know, friend, I can't believe you. If I need you to come lie for me in court, well, if I need somebody to lie for me in court, I'm not picking Erica. Okay, let me tell y'all how bad Erica can't lie. (laughs) So, when Erica, speaking of this chance, when Erica moved to uh, Atlanta, you know, Walmart was like, we'll give you, I think it was 10% off. They're like, I'm going to give you 10% off if you apply for a credit card. Look, y'all, she's scared. I'm going to say it anyway. And so Walmart's like, I'm going to give you 10% off if you apply for a credit card, whether or not you get denied or not. And Erica was like, oh, I don't want to put all this stuff on my credit, blah, 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 which is, you know, normal because like if you get, you know, you get hits for even applying for stuff. And I was like, friend, friend, just use a fake social security number. Like just throw some mess on there so you can get this 10% off. Don't even give me your real information. We didn't. I, Erica didn't did it, and Jasmine. Why every two seconds she thinks somebody, the police, about to come get her? She paranoid. <laughs> we had to run out of the store after she didn't check out, and so every few minutes, then we got. Wasn't it like a phone call or something, Erica? You got from somebody? She's scared to answer. Think it's the FBI finna come get her. Talking uh, about that's fraud. All that anxiety is not worth no ten percent off. And that's what I told him. Shaq was like, uh, what did you say? It was just thirty two dollars, and I'm like, well, thirty two dollars ain't worth me spending thirty two years in prison. 32 years. Okay. Either way, friend, you put in fake information and didn't get approved. You wasn't, you wasn't going nowhere. Many times I didn't did that. Well, you also ain't scared to go to prison. Like me. Shit. I am too scared. <laughs> you can't be. That's what it boils Shakira, down you to. got the petty question or what? Oh, yes. Y'all ready for it? Mm-hmm. Okay, so say you are serving on a search committee for open positions at your job, right? Mm-hmm. And um, you do two rounds. And so in the first round, I'm just going to throw out a number. We got seven open positions. In the first round, you're going to hire half of those people. 
lot of the candidates they cycle through and some of the interviews are good, some of them not so good. Well, you decide to offer X amount of candidates and then you find out that all of them don't accept. And so you have to go into your alternate pool, right? So a person from your alternate pool who really just didn't do that well in the interview, but you desperate for positions, they accept the job. Okay, fast forward. This person has accepted the job and they're a part of your team. Then it's time for you to interview people for the second group of folks that you was going to hire. So the other three or the other four. This person is on the interview team with you and they are the most critical person in the room. Literally everything that the candidates say, they have something to say about it. And they are, you know, just very critical saying how bad of a candidate this second batch of people are. Okay, y'all are interviewing this particular black person and you're the only I mean, and this and this other person is not good. They're not black. Okay, you walk outside. um, I mean, y'all, you walk outside the interview to escort the candidate out and you come back in the room and they're debriefing. Okay, I know it's a long story. So follow me. This person. We're going to call him Sean because I don't like Sean. Um, this person says, I just don't feel like she'll be a good part of the team because she's lacking in communication skills. It looks like she can only connect with people with that share the same background as her because she talks street talk. What? <laughs> right. What is your response? I'm going to just leave it open. And I want to know what y'all's response is. I ain't going to lie. I'm struggling. I, when I looked up just then, it wasn't because I was surprised or just like, what? I was kind of like, I need you to rewind. You think it was what? I need you to rewind. Okay. So Sean was an alternate for a position and y'all ran out of the good candidate. So he got hired, right? I got that much. I think what I'm lacking or struggling is he says that she's lacking in communication. She can only connect with people who have her same background. She's only talking street talk. You said that the candidate, you said that the person that said this, they aren't black, right? No, but the candidate is black. So the girl is black. Okay. Okay. That now I get it. Okay. Well, my first question is what is street talk? Exactly. What does that mean? Ghetto. I don't know. <laughs> Ooh, child, the so ghetto. What you, so what's your response? In that moment, you in the room, what you finna say? How you gonna respond? I'm well, gonna say, give me your definition of street talk. What does that mean exactly? You feel so comfortable enough to say that so you can define it for us. Please, tell the class. <laughs> and then my response to that would be, if you can denote that as quote unquote street talk and you that means you understood it and hmm. wouldn't you you wouldn't say that you're from the same background Kuxula you're saying that y'all don't connect y'all are not on the same background but you understood the so the so called street talk so where's the disconnection well y'all got a lot of good questions but I was pissed off and I was pissed off because this really happened in real life. We on a, I'm on a whole search committee, y'all. And this boy who was not even qualified for his job just barely got it because we needed to fill some positions. Come up in there being so critical. And this black girl who 
was an okay candidate. I mean, she wasn't the best person that I ever interviewed, but she wasn't either that she was better than him. He said he thought she didn't have good communication skills because she was talking this street talk. Y'all. And and the interview was like less than an hour. So you can't understand that somebody ain't you can't tell how somebody gonna be able to connect talking about street talk if they only have forty five minutes to an hour with you in the interview. I was pissed off and I said, You didn't say that based on the interview responses. You said that because she was black. Y'all it caused a whole uproar. But I was pissed off and I felt like I needed to shake up the spirits. What did the rest of the committee say? It was another black girl in there. Here she go, y'all to mind. I see what you're talking about. I'm looking like I wanted to slap the taste out of her mouth. You don't see what you're talking about. You don't, you don't, and even if you thought you saw, you're not finna agree. <laughs> was she the but Yeah, so I I got too heated. And y'all I don't even get mad like that. Y'all know I'm a I'm a loving and kind soul. I don't get mad at people. But I got so mad I had to dismiss myself from the atmosphere. I had to go on about my day. She was the only person that made a comment. Like, who else? What did everybody else say? Well, when she said, I see what you're saying, that's when I interjected and told them, no, you said that because she black and I was too pissed off to stay in the room. I had to leave. Uh, I later found out they said they debriefed and the person was about to cry because he think he wanted them allies and blah, 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 blah. He didn't understand how that was uh, racist and all of this. I'm like, I'm tired of well-meaning white folks. You know what? This is where the whole intent versus impact thing happens because it's like, okay, yeah, you had good intentions, but it didn't transfer like that. And it's like, right. And, you know, I get it. Like, I I don't necessarily think the intent is completely lost here. I think it's important to know, but then I, and I think it's important to know so you can know that it was a disconnection. Like, so what if the person would have said she she talks too casual? She wasn't professional enough. Would have would it have had the same effect on you, Shaq? Um, if if they would have said used the word saying she was too casual or too relaxed, I would have been okay with that. In that particular instance, she wasn't. So I still would have challenged what they were saying. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like I could. Eat. I don't think anything is wrong with you saying somebody was too relaxed or too casual for an interview. But the only thing is, is no, I can't figure out a reason why I would ever. I was about to say I was trying to figure out and validate his response. And I've been trying and trying and trying to do it. And I can't. So yeah, relaxed, casual. Yes. Street talk. Hell no. And I'm glad I don't work there no more. All right, then. Well, mm mm mm. Well, that is just the beginning of our um, work-based discussion for today. Before we get into our new episode, last week we talked... Well, y'all know. I'm sorry. I'm going to get this right. On our last episode, we talked about um, Two Weeks Notice, which was our episode about, you know, how to leave your job professionally, appropriately, how to take that promotion, how to not take that promotion, Um did y'all have any comments? We got Shaq, you and I got a little ping, if you will, today. Did you see it? I did see it, but I do want to shout out the fact that our, I just want to thank the team because y'all been burning to talk. Well, we've been burning to talk about that, but y'all were so patient with me. I didn't want to talk about it until I had got a new job. And so <laughs> I got a new job and therefore we could talk about the two weeks notice and things because I actually had some personal experience. So thank y'all so much for bearing with me. You are welcome. He got him a J A B. Y'all remember that Dude. movie? <laughs> 
Um, but shout out to Nico today. Um, he hit us up and he mentioned Shaq and I in his story and said that we were speaking a word uh, last week. Um, so thank you so much, Nico. We hope that that um, really resonated with some of our young professionals. Anything else? And I would say my desire is not that everybody have to be putting in these two weeks notices and stuff. Right. But I mean, if you're going to put it in, listen to that episode. <laughs> yeah, do it Just right. Just do it right. All righty. So for this week's episode, oops, for this week's episode, we will be talking about race in the workplace. This is a... Um, I think it's safe to say this is a taboo topic just about anywhere, um, but definitely at work. And so today we hope to engage in some good conversation about our experiences and hopefully some ways that um, you all can really take these situations and being powered in these moments and stand out. So we're going to open with Jasmine. Over to okay, you. Okay, so funny enough, we had planned this topic last week, right? And this week I got an email from my university, you know, I work for university system and they had a voluntary signing of the affirmative action. So basically you give your demographics and they submit it to the state saying that, yes, we do meet the affirmative action cause. I don't want to say use the word quota, but that was the first thing that came to mind. So perfect timing. Yeah. And some of my coworkers didn't even know what affirmative action was. I was like, "Cause y'all don't need it. It ain't for you." Right. But it's also interesting, where based off where you work, why that's so um, interesting too. That it's required. <laughs> like, yes, you have to abide yeah. by this. Um, Cause I wonder what my department would look like if it wasn't. I'm literally the only one. Okay, we'll get into that later. (laughs) So (laughs) reading the document made me think like, what was the, what brought upon like the affirmative action? So I had did a little research and it started with President LBJ in 1973. I thought it was interesting that actually university, UC Davis in California, there was an argument that say like 20 medical they accepted 20 medical students a year and five of those slots were reserved for minority students and so one of the white students didn't get in and he felt some type of way that just he couldn't basically challenge these five spots even even though he felt like he deserved to be in the 20. Does that make sense? So he was automatically disqualified, even though he could have made more better grades than these five minority students, but he didn't make it. So he challenged um, and then the court decided that it was unconstitutional to reserve spots for minority students. Then it created a way like, okay, how do we still offer equal opportunity to those who may need an extra hand without reserving spots or using the word quota. So that's when they came up with affirmative action. And the definition of affirmative action is an action or policy favoring those who tend to suffer from discrimination, especially in relation to employment or education, in order to increase opportunity. And in the long run, the hope was to redistribute wealth 
but that I don't know if that's the solution, but that's the definition of affirmative action. Thank you, Jazz. Shaq, does that sound familiar from law? That- Ooh, child. I feel like, yeah, there, yeah. I, I feel like there's that a specific was- admissions. Uh, yeah, there's, but it, it didn't. Um, the people were unsuccessful. Yeah, I remember that story, and of course the University of Texas story. Um, I forgot the girl name, but the whole affirmative action um, case with her. Abby, how could That's you remember Abby? I remember that now. Yeah. Yeah, um, and you know, y'all know, Shaq, you know she went to LSU. She ended up going to LSU. <laughs> did? Yes, she did. Well, hell, that must mean she was there when we were there. I don't know. Woe is her. But Erica, they remember, let everybody get in there. You know, Erica, you were sharing with me when you were at LSU how, um, I guess y'all were coming up with like a strategic plan on how to reach different students. And I was reading that one university used the point system and it said minorities get Mm -hmm. additional points on admission applications. And then they said that was unconstitutional. So that wasn't fair either. Mm -hmm. It's just interesting. Like people try to include and they're like, no, you know, try to make it fair. And they deem it unconstitutional. Yeah, I literally feel like I'm sitting in higher education login. Um, yeah, we talked about that in school too. And I think what what it ultimately boils down to, what's unfair about it is the fact that it even needs to exist. And what's right. unfair about it is that people can see the disparity in the wealth between white and black people. And now they want to fix it. Um, and what's unfair about it is that... We have to come up with these trivialized ways. Let's give them some points for all the struggle. Let's give them some points for the the skin color. Let's give them some points for only having one parent. Like now, you're just making me a little checklist to see if I to to make me feel like I qualify over somebody else. Like that's the part that's unfair about it. So it's not. It cannot. It's not a trivial. It, the issue itself can be trivialized to say, oh, we're just gonna do this little system so we can make sure we can get on an even playing field. The playing field is so goddamn unequitable that to get it equal, to get it equitable, we got to throw the whole damn country away. I'm okay with that. Let's start from scratch. Because even even reading the history. With a new president, like new, with a whole new constitution. Throw the whole country away. Make me a founding father, goddamn it. (laughs) But it made me think like, okay, if I was a white female applying to college, it's not my fault that I had two parents. It's not my fault that I was white. Right. Compared to somebody else. I mean, I don't know how you even it out. Like, okay, I'm a black female and it's from a single parent home. None of that was my choice. So is it fair that I get an extra point? I mean, or is it? I don't know. I don't know how I would deal with that. I don't know either. I remember, Shaq, do you remember we did the exercise trying to figure out how to fix it? Yeah, we was all unsuccessful, but... Well, yeah. So we just wanted to, we kind of went off, I wouldn't say we went off on a tangent. I think we set a good, really good foundation for how we want the conversation to go. But we wanted to um, define affirmative action, let you let you all know the paradigm through which we were looking as we continue this conversation today. So our first question is, were you hired because of race? Check. 
Um, I would say no, um, but I don't really know. So I would say I say no cautiously because I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't really know, but I don't, there's nothing that I've been doing that makes me, I mean, there's nothing that anybody has ever said or done to me since I've been working that would make me think that I was hired because of my race. Um, well, hell, I was really thinking about my position back in Augusta, um, because there were lots of other people of color. My department, and this is this still doesn't say nothing about me, but my department was predominantly people of color. Um, so that was the thing. I don't think so then. Now, um, I don't think so now either. I will say I'm more of a minority in my department than I was in at my old job. So yeah. I haven't also haven't really had much time to think about it. Hell, this is only my second day. So okay. So until otherwise, I'm gonna say no. Yeah. Um, for me, um, I would say honestly, I don't know. For my and I'm gonna talk about both. Um, for my last job, I would be less inclined to say that I was hired because of my race. Um, but on the flip side, I know there is a very specific, um, a very specific instance where I was selected because of my being black for an event that my department was throwing and it was very obvious because they were inviting all of these students of color and which 99% of those students were black um and so that was very weird for me because I'm like it it just couldn't have been any more obvious and so I think the biggest thing is I don't necessarily think that I was hired for my race but on the other side I know that I was selected for particular things because of my race and um dang I'm my bad y'all um hired for particular dang I lost my train of thought I was selected for something specifically to my race, um, but who knows? And now, with my uh, current job, I um, I think it really could have been either way. The interesting thing about my current job is that there are literally only about two or three white people who work in the entire company, and the company is very small, like. 30 to 40 people so literally only three white people to work in the company and so i don't know i don't necessarily think that the hiring of people of color has been intentional i think because we serve a student population that is mostly students of color i think it has naturally attracted a lot of students who share in a lot of the same school or educational um challenges so i think that's why it's happened but i so it's an interesting thing in the net in that sense i do kind of see it as a positive Okay. I would say, you know, when I first moved to Tyler, I interviewed and I was like, they only want me because I'm black. I remember thinking that. And then later on, my supervisor mentioned how, yeah, you know, when I prayed for the team, I prayed that we would have an African-American nurse. We would have a bilingual nurse, which means Hispanic in her mind, and that they would have all kind of diverse experience. And I stopped listening after she said she basically all of her. I want a black and I want a Hispanic and I want a white as if that's the only way that you can bond with clients. 
Yeah, or diversify. Good job, diversify. So that bothered me, but I'm like, okay, I've been waiting on this job for a long time. I'm excuse her ignorance and we'll move on. But then it came to this promotion that I was up for, and I was up for because I was black. So what happened was that the state came in and did a survey of the clients and they asked, what is something that you need in the community? And most of the clients were black and they said, we want a nurse and a doctor that look like us. So the state said, okay. And they wrote that in the contract that you have to hire an African-American nurse to serve only African-American clients. And at first, I think I talked to Eric. That sounded legal. I talked to Erica about it and I was like, you know, it's a lot more responsibilities. They're not paying much more, but um, I'm feeling conflicted because I want to serve my community. But at the on the other side, I don't want to handicap them. What if you don't get a black nurse every time or a black doctor? You're not going to go to the doctor like you have to learn how to navigate the system, even if you don't see somebody that looks like you. Um, so prayed about it. I didn't take the promotion. The girl that did take it, who got hired in that position, she quit after two days. So then they were looking at me like, Jasmine, please fill this position. So I did. And I'm finding that in this particular area, I mean, we just behind in the times. They trust you a lot more because you're black. And they they will literally ignore what they doctor say to look at me and be like, what did you say, Jasmine? I only trust you. I only trust who you send me to. Um, so I'm some days I'm still conflicted about was it a good thing that they hired me because I'm black? Because I'm feeling a need of a community or should I not be in this position? I don't know. I still think about it from time to time. And I think ain't that amazing though that we even had to think about that. That's exactly what I was about to say. Like, there's so much pressure on you as one single black person. So now you got to say the whole damn community. Exactly. Um, and I know I skipped over this, but um, if anybody else has anything they kind of want to uh, say to add, um, the que- the first question was supposed to be, how would you feel if you were hired because of your race? And um I think the one thing I didn't mention in my last response is that on one hand, I'm like, okay, I appreciate the representation, but it gets back to what I was saying before. It sucks that we even have to think about that. <laughs> like, right. there's a problem there that has to be fixed that can't just be fixed like, oh, okay, we got to pick one of everything, you know? So on one hand, I appreciate the representation, but in just using Jasmine's situation, like, you know, I like that they wanted to do that. But on the other hand... Um, kind of going back to the situation with me when I was selected for that particular event, I full on believe they selected me because I was black, not because I'm good at programming, not because I'm good with students, not because um, I am diligent, not because I'm timely, not because of any skill that would have made any color person, any kind of person good in that position. I was hired because my skin is a particular color and they thought that I would automatically identify with them. So that's where I have a problem with me being hired because of any particular one of my identities, because you have no regard for the actual skill set I possess that makes me just a good asset to that. So that is what pisses me off. And that was so obvious when I was in that position. I was never asked to do anything but walk and literally herd little black students around all day. That's literally what I was asked to do. 
I was not asked to input, use my master's degree, my bachelor's degree, my even my life experiences as a person of color to even help inform those students' experiences on that campus for that weekend. So that's what pisses me off when you want to pick on me because I'm the black girl. Mm-hmm. So I just got really mad about that all over again. You did. I, I saw the sting coming from your ears. But that's valid, though. Um, I struggle with it because I'm like, well, certainly, I you can... Okay. How would I feel if I were hired because of my race? Well, first of all, I'm qualified for the shit that I'm applying for. So you can try to say it was because of race. But at the end of the day, I know I'm qualified. I'm not going to apply for something that I'm not qualified for. I'll say I'll put it like that. So if I were to find out that we hired you because, you know, you're black, I'll be okay with it. Knowing that, you know, representation matters. And there's so I work at universities. Right. So, um. If, if I was able ever to find it out, first of all, I'm assuming. And then two, I'm going to be happy because I'm like, well, there are students on this campus who need to be who need to see a black person like me, mm-hmm. you know, working. So, yeah, that's fine. And also knowing that, yeah, you might have said it was because I'm black, but it's also because I did a damn good job in my interview and my qualifications and stuff. You made a good point, Shaq. Like, yes, I'm grateful for the opportunity, but don't discount me as if, oh, she only got the position because they needed a black on the team. Please. Right. But I also don't want to hear like don't we don't want to hear about it too much now. I'm in here now, so that need to be the last part of the conversation. I don't want to hear it. You know, when that when Erica and I were at NASPA, Justice Sonia Sotomayor said something that was really impactful to me. I don't remember if she quoted somebody else or if this was her own quote. Erica, you might remember, and I ain't gonna get the quote right, but she said, basically, don't measure me about how I got through the door. Measure me by the work that I do once I'm on the inside. That's good. You know. And I was like, wow, that's so profound to me. Now, it was a couple of extra words in there like that, but that was the gist of the quote. Um, but that's that's how I am. Like, you can tell me all this. I don't really care. It's, the fact is that I'm here now and it's about the work that I'm about to do. And so I need your full um, support. Now, I think those are some good perspectives to have. I forgot about that. I forgot about her saying that. Uh, but you might not have heard that one, friend. That might have been when you were asleep up in there. Uh, you don't that do quote? that, because I definitely had a sinus <laughs> infection during that uh, conference. So if I was asleep, I had every right to be asleep, and I didn't go to sleep during her uh, speech. Oh, okay. I just remember looking over, seeing you sleep at some point. I didn't remember like, when it was. It, it, it must have been the few seconds that you wouldn't sleep right next to me. Yeah. I, I ain't finna entertain that because I didn't go to sleep. If I was going to be asleep, I would have stayed in the room. I wouldn't have went to no session. Okay, but anyway. for our next question that doesn't involve this topic, how <laughs> often has race come up in the work? I'm sorry. How often has race come up in work conversations? Shaq? A lot. Um, and I work with students and things. And so, but I think... 99.8% of them are healthy conversations because I think and I hate when people use this word but intentional but I think <laughs> it's important for folks like us to be intentional with our selection of students and things and so in that regard I've talked about it a lot then when I'm looking at in my old role when I was looking at trends about academic success and things I talked a lot about race and who was living on campus how they were doing you know academic probation all this kind of stuff so in that regard race came up a lot um, but now if you was talking about something social, you know, or, you know, so-and-so did this or said this or this happens because they black. Or if you was talking about, oh, well, this is the demographic of the city and it's blah, 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 because white, black. Mm-mm. 
the white people all would get uncomfortable when it had I mean well one person then my director she was down to earth she was one of them who like she was at the damn picnic I was inviting her myself matter of fact I was gonna go pick her up the cookout I said Lord I said the picnic Lord but you know what I mean she coming to the cookout but everybody else oh they just get so uncomfortable and so we talk about it in some regards and it's okay but in other regards it's like ooh I don't, I don't wanna talk about it there Mm-hmm. That's real. Jess. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, because black folks got high blood pressure. Man. White folks got osteoporosis. <laughs> I, I read that question talking about how often has race come in work conversations. And I typed in caps every day. Every day. And I'm so tired of it. And it just, it really grinds my gears when people don't get it. And be like, so Jasmine, basically in meetings, like, so Jasmine, what does the black population have to say about that? Like, I'm the sole proprietor. Really? I can't, I can't speak for the whole race as a whole. No, I can tell you my feelings or, you know, the feelings in my friend circle or whatever, but don't be looking at me. Can you, can you speak to the whole race? Cause I don't understand why you look to me as if I just, I just know. Every opportunity they ask me. People be walking in their privilege and be so oblivious to it. And then sometimes they not, but some people just literally don't even understand. I'm just like, oh Lord. Um, for me. Well, before you go, Erica, I mean, Jasmine, I would have expected it to be it, it to come up in conversations, kind of like mine, differently, like social versus work type stuff. So, is it okay when y'all talk about? I mean, I'm not saying that it ain't okay, but you saying you tired of it and you wish it wouldn't happen. So, like, is it okay when y'all talking about? And I don't even know how much you do this as uh, in your practice but in general I think all nurses talking about stuff like high blood pressure and sugar diabetes so is it okay when you're talking about it in that regard but it to be like okay well they black so you know this is more likely XYZ it's okay now I had to basically kind of coach them on how to go about it like I remember sitting in a meeting my first year and they were like yeah because black people and I said African Americans African Americans have higher blood pressure because they eat all that fatty food so the whole now see now you're trying to get slapped the whole the whole <laughs> like I just you can't say those things and you know what while we are in the safety of this conference room with our small team I'm gonna teach you what you can and cannot say now after you've been taught and if I hear it again like that's on you and you gonna come in contact with the wrong African-American person and it's on you because you've been taught and you chose to ignore it like you just can't say those things and you shouldn't believe them. So let me give you the research to show you that is not due to what type of foods we eat. Because there's some, it's some white people out here eating trash, too. Everybody eat like trash in America. Thank you. So you want to talk about the country's health? We can talk about that. And you want to and it's like people don't even understand the context of stuff. 
historically black people eating like that because all they had to cook with was all the raggedy ass scraps. Thank you. Oh, oh, Erica, one day, Shaq, okay, one day, I think we were talking about, you know, traditional, what's traditional for your family for Thanksgiving? And somebody said, oh, Jasmine, do y'all eat um, chitterlings? Get your ass out of here. And I was like, you know, in the past we have. um, But as of now, like that's not on our Thanksgiving menu. And she's, I don't understand how y'all eat that. First of all, who is y'all? Second of all, at one point in time, we did not have a choice. We did. We made do with what we had. And it tastes damn good. Well, either we ate that or died. Or died. You know what I'm saying? Like, they were some, oh, you know, oh, it just, oh, it's pissing me off just thinking about it. I'm like, <laughs> we ain't had no choice. Y'all was eating eating good. Yeah. You was eating the ham. We was eating all the, we was eating the goddamn intestines. Think about it. But y'all, let me tell y'all. Okay, so let me tell you, when that person's birthday came up, where they wanted to go? A soul food restaurant. Becky, sit down. I would have brought her a pot of chitlins. She would have called me. I could have asked my dad to cook her a pot of chitlins. Ham, hocks, hog, mocks. Since this I would have just brought her a whole bunch of bullshit. Woo! Oh, this is just so good. I bet. And, okay, moving on. What, what, no, what speaking else? Speaking of that, and... Speaking of that, one of my white coworkers in my last job, I don't even think she understood that it was really a microaggression. And honestly, it took me a minute to even like catch on to it. But like the ever so popular um, debate, which I typically see amongst black people, but if you put salt, salt and pepper in your rice, or if you put sugar in your rice, and so I don't know what we're talking about. But no rice, because we put sugar in my rice in my house. Sugar and oh. butter. Okay, that's not what we... uh, same expression, Jasmine. Yeah, oh. really? I mean, I know people do it, but my thing is here's my thing. When you cook rice and when you cook grits, if you don't put salt in them, you can't cook because they have to be seasoned by salt either before or after you put um, before or after you put that damn sugar in it. So okay. people be hollering about we don't put salt in it. Uh-uh. I don't fool with you. Okay, that's fine. But the point I'm making is she was just like, I was like, yeah, my family puts uh, sugar in the rice. She was like, oh, my God, that's just so unhealthy. And I'm just like, what's your, what's your point? Like, right. like, what are you? <sighs> so, anyway, I'm just getting all mad. My stomach hurt. I'm so pissed. <clears throat> well, I got so, a question real quick. Okay. Do y'all, <laughs> completely unrelated to the topic of the day but it kind of went from that question do does um ketchup belong in the refrigerator or in the cabinet after you open it <laughs> on the, the on the bottle it says to refrigerate <laughs> okay so both of y'all okay we on the same page this was a debate and my um a lot of my students were talking about it they were really debating talking about where does it go where does it not go and i'm like y'all it goes in the refrigerator and so here are some assumptions that i will some they're not assumptions Here's some of my points of views beyond that conversation. If you put ketchup in the um, cabinet, one, you're nasty. And then we talked about if you put it in the refrigerator, does it go in the door or does it go on the shelf in the refrigerator? Which one? In the door. The door. It's a condiment. Right. I, and then, okay, I was like, if you put the ketchup in the shelf, you're nasty and I don't want to eat at your house. And then the last <laughs> question was, do y'all put pots in the refrigerator? <laughs> the whole pot? 
Yeah, like a pot with the top on it. It has been done before. Yes. I'm dying. <laughs> Erica, do you? Uh, when I'm lazy, like, and I don't feel like cleaning up the kitchen all the way, yes. Um, I'm about to say because I already knew, I, you, I already knew your answer, but I was gonna let you. But like, but my anyway. mom's expectation was that all food gets you know put into Tupperware, so the it, pots it be and put in that butter bowl. Y'all had some butter bowls growing up, we, so that yeah. that was our struggle. But we had so yeah. many butter bowls. Then you got to open them up and open them up just before you get to the right thing that you was looking for. I seen that, but we never kept them. Did y'all keep Gladware? <laughs> Gladware? Uh, don't yeah. do that. I'm just wondering. I mean, because we definitely <laughs> we just, kept the butter bowls. The point, because we never bought butter that big. My mama just, my mom kept sticks. If she bought that butter Tupperware, it was a small one. But she just kept sticks of butter and margarine in the freezer. So that's what we would typically use. She's sitting about that tub. Okay, well, my last assertion is that if you put pots in the refrigerator, you're nasty and I don't want to eat at your house. <laughs> and I, I got all of those from my granny. Anyway, that was just very aside. So I want to know, colleagues, can y'all please share with us whether or not your ketchup goes <laughs> in the refrigerator or the cabinet? And if it goes in the refrigerator, if it's on the door or the shelf, and then if you put pots in the um, refrigerator, please let us know. Matter of fact, I'm going to give a gift to somebody who... Oh, I'm gonna get. Yep, yeah, I got a good gift for somebody who answers that publicly and shouts us out on social media. <laughs> All righty. Well, I didn't get a chance to answer my last question. <clears throat> um. So to round to finish off the com- the initial conversation, it is hot in my apartment. Whew. Um. The question was, how often has rest come up in work conversations? And for this job that I'm in now, we talk about it all the time. But I think it's it's nice having such a frequent and good conversation with other people of color. Um, and I, I would assume that we feel um, so free and liberated to talk about it because it's we all people of color. Like, so it's that's an interesting environment that I had never been in. But at my last but, job, it was, huh? I was going to say, I, then I wasn't going to cut you off, but then you said you stopped. I'm like, but then why do we, I mean, I'm tired of asking this damn question. But why do we as people of color have to continually talk about struggles as people of color? And then, or uh, race, why, why are the marginalized folks constantly having conversations about race? And then other people ain't doing it. And then what what are we doing by us having these conversations? What are we doing? You know? Well, I think I know in that I, like that's just my frustrated question, but yeah. You know, that's fine. I, but I think the response to it is that like because so many other people don't talk about it, people like people of color don't talk about it with themselves or sometimes with people of color. Like I think a lot of times we talk about it with each other because that's the that's our last best option at coping. Because it's like at least I know you gonna understand me, and even if you don't share that particular struggle, like we still can connect on some other things. So it's like that's the le- that's the best thing I can do. And at least most of the time when you're talking to other people of color, you don't have to explain anything you don't have to justify how you feel and so I think I agree it is frustrating to have to talk about it with ourselves when the people who need to be talking about it are not us so I agree 
But that's um, like a that's that's your safe place. Like I was talking to a client today about we were talking about the health of black churches and why they're important. And she was saying, well, back in the day, churches were our safe place where we could have these type of conversations about injustices and um, just vent about things. And we wouldn't we didn't have to worry about acting or trying to, you know, put on for the white man. And she said, um, and that's we kind of created that culture in the office. Like, you know, if I see another black person, I know that it's safe to talk about these issues or point them out to her so that she's aware, things like that. We need to keep having the conversations. And then the last, um, thank you, Jess. I think the last part to mine was that at my last job, I felt like we didn't talk about it a lot, which was very frustrating because I worked in a territory that was mainly predominantly black students who tidbit probably would not have been able to get into the institution that I was recruiting them for, for which I was recruiting them. And um, I just, it, it pissed me off a lot of times because nobody wanted to talk about it. I'm like, but the divide between private and public education in the state of Louisiana is is also dictated by race. All the rich white kids go to private school. It's yeah, horrible. All, yeah, all the rich white kids go to private school and all the poor black kids don't. And so, and all the uh, poor little black kids, they go to public school and suffer. And... And so it just made me mad that that wasn't something that we called out more in admissions because I think that it really should have dictated how we go to how we recruit students. But the reality of it is, when you get down to the nitty gritty, that wasn't a care because they don't care that the student the that the <clears throat> unit institution wasn't legitimately diverse. Because then all the rich white kids come from private school. They got all the scores. They got all the resources to do well on the ACT and in school. So then they get tops. So then they get to go to school for free. And then, all yeah. and then asses drive around in them BMWs and stuff. Couldn't t- I wouldn't even lie to y'all. The rest hall I worked in looked like a BMW uh, uh, dealership. Wow. And then they look around and be like, like, well, you know, black students just don't apply or they just don't have the grades. They don't have the resources to get the grades. Well, and then the other thing is, yeah, to expand on that, Jasmine, resources is like you got a school like LSU who I went to LSU for and worked there as a grad student. I don't think they got enough resources for their students from of marginalized communities to be successful. They're saying, well, we don't really need that, you know, because we got this amount, you know, we got, we only got this amount of students from these populations, blah, 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 blah. But then it's like, well, damn, they, you didn't do nothing. You put them in these public schools, you put all the goody two shoes students in these private schools. They got one step ahead. Then they get to college and you still don't want to help them out. So then they lose the scholarship that you gave them knowing they was going to lose it when you gave it to them. Wow. They basically said, okay, that's only a small piece of the pie and it's not worth the energy to give them the resource they need to be to succeed. Then what are you doing as a university? And the reality of it is it's not a small piece of the pie. Mm. You look at the numbers, when you look at the divide, it is so salient. Like it ain't even like it's this little bitty sliver. Like it is literally like what like how has the state allowed it to continue to look like this for so long and as the as the black recruiter that was recruiting in that in those 90 schools now not all 90 of those schools were quote-unquote low performing not all of them were but of the 90 easily 50 percent 
students that probably would not even be able to get into the institution. And you and we looking like what's going on. I'm like, look, look at what's happening. Mm-hmm. And so in those regards, it pissed me off because I had to. As an admissions counselor, it was not my responsibility to do particular events, but I was very passionate. I was like, I would tell people all the time, I was like, I know the students that I recruit to probably won't even get in, but I'd be damned if me, as somebody who has had the opportunity to get a college education, I'm about to go show them what I look like. And I'm gonna introduce them to my friends and I'm gonna show them pictures and I'm gonna tell them stories about me and my friends. So at least if they never set foot on LSU's campus, they can say, I saw another black girl, a black girl, a black person that did it. So maybe I can. Yeah. And so I'm the one out here going to middle schools. I'm the one out here going to elementary schools to make sure these students can see somebody that looks like them. Because I knew at the, at that point, like, I don't even want you to go to LSU no more. Because they're not going to support you when they get there. And the, and the handful of black faculty and staff that are there, they're overworked. They don't even have enough resources to help another student. Hell, so, ain't enough resources for them to help themselves. Right. So, that was my experience. Jasmine, was you about to say something? Or are you just thinking? No, I was just thinking... Like what you said makes me want to mentor like elementary and middle school kids because you're right. They don't see. I can only remember one black teacher. <laughs> and Jasmine, all you got to do is apply for a job where we got y'all. <laughs> we are. We got y'all. <laughs> With the white hand holding up the black folks. <laughs> Right. She said, what's wrong with it? It's my hand. Lady. My Debbie. But yet, it does yeah. make me want to do that. Um, because I was telling one of my friends, and we can finish, I'm sorry, but this is a good topic. Um, that on Instagram, I saw this black woman, and she doesn't look like the typical professor I guess you would say she's very she has she wears streetwear she talks very frank as we would say her casual talk but she has her doctorate degree in nursing and works for like a big university and that motivated me I was like man I said I wouldn't go go back to school but that it just motivated me to see her out there doing it and teaching other people and she was making a point that in her class of 30 she only had maybe eight students of color and how sad that was and how she wants to like take them under her wing and encourage them to come back and encourage other minorities to complete their doctorate program. Cause we are not, we not at the table. We not even in the room sometimes. We not. And part of it, okay, I was selected as a student member of the um, Midwifery Coalition to, you know, basically it was a selection committee to go to this conference. So we had 10 spots and I made up a list, you know, like, hey, this is what I want to see. I want to see a new grad, uh, um, somebody that's been in the game a long time, a person of color, someone that's representation of each region, things like that. Nobody of color was even applied. And that got me. I'm like, dang, we not even like, how do we expect to be seen if we're not even applying for these things? We don't even try. And I'm thinking about meetings or even when I go to these conferences, there are a handful of black people 
That's it. But that begs the question, like, why is that and why aren't people applying? Right. I don't know. It's a good... It makes me think. I think... I really think that is... Not that it's right, per se, but I think sometimes that lack of... And this is just something people don't even recognize, but I think oppression, that is the result. Like, you start to... You start to ask yourself, well, dang, I am black. Am I worth it? Can I be a doctor? Can I do that? Am I going to be... You start... And, like, I think it takes a lot for people, especially depending on where they come from and how often they were told things like that before they even recognize that they were already at a disadvantage. Like, how... I, I would love to see how they actually... How being a person of color affects what you're willing to sign up for. Because I would imagine, like... A lot of the times what happens, it's like, oh, I don't want to go to the big one. I just want to go to the black nurses of, a, of Texas. I don't want to go down. I'm going to go to the black association of so-and-so. I'm just going to be with my people. And not that that's wrong, but I think just the way that we, that people of color have been disadvantaged over time, it's like, I think people are becoming like, you know what? Forget it. I don't even want to be a part of it no more. We're just going to do our own shit. That's hard work what? to keep like right. fighting up against the wall. So I under, I get it. And sometimes that's the avenue I choose. And the other times it's like, no, we need to be at the table. And I think just the same way that you looked at that nurse that's working for that large university, she's taking that step. I'm pretty sure she's one of a few at that institution. I would be surprised if she isn't. The same way that you decide to go to this conference or go take upon uh take take um advantage of an opportunity where you're gonna be the minority somebody that that young nurse is gonna see and be like dang it's another black person here i'm gonna go talk to her and Mm -hmm. so i think that it kind of just it's this this cycle over and over again so we talk about representation like it really is key because even now in 2000 freaking 18 we still gotta inspire each other Always inspire each other, like yeah. And it's sad, but it's it's so real, like it's so real. Then people really be looking at us, and I don't necessarily mean just us three, but I mean just in general, people really be watching. And you don't even know, people really be taking note. Like, dang, I'm gonna be like her. I'm gonna be like him. I'm gonna be like them. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be like that person. So it really, it really does compel me to want to work hard. Like I know that, that this particular job is in my last stop. Like I want people to look at me not at from a from a pompous attitude, but I want my children. I want my little cousins. The same way that I look at my people and be like, okay, I can do it. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be one of the people to color at the top too. Whew, y'all, I could talk about this stuff all day. Literally, three hundred sixty-five days of the year. Same old topic. <laughs> you miss Shay. So. so, Jasmine, you remember we was in Waffle House and we played this song. Everybody, we talking about Same Old Love by Anita Baker. Mm-hmm. We were sitting in Waffle House, Jasmine and I, and it came on and Jasmine and the server was really singing. And I was like, what is this? Jasmine proclaimed that it was a classic. And the girl was like, oh, my gosh, this is a classic. How do you not know it? So, you know me, I'm going to have to go learn the classic. So, I went back and I learned that song. How about I was asking Erica about a week and a half ago, and she ain't know it either. Erica, you Man, didn't know I that? That was this weekend. <laughs> week and a half. <laughs> no. <laughs> Erica, where were you that night? Oh, you, mm, you weren't. You weren't with don't, us. Don't it. even start. <laughs> that story on the repeat. <laughs> you weren't with us. All right, Jasmine. House. Jasmine's department. What book we reading this week? <laughs> 
She couldn't make it. <laughs> Man down. Um, okay, so for the book highlight, I just finished a book called If You Leave Me by Crystal Han Kim, and it was really good. It had me crying and stuff. Um, and now I started I Can't Date Jesus. Have y'all heard of this book? It sounds very familiar. You probably seen it because first of all, let me shout out to all the Howard alumni because every Howard alumni that I follow on Instagram was posting his page because that's where he went to school. I was like, dang, he got a lot of support from his alumni group. Everybody, everybody. And he also lives in New York now, I think. So he knows a lot of people, but it's a really good book. It's funny, hilarious. If you need a light read, that would be a good one. But um, I ain't going to be reading much of nothing. I just got my syllabus for the fall. I got 400 pages due by next week. So I'm going to be reading Foundations of Midwifery <laughs> all day. And you can tell us all about it. Man, but the this is the last year. Then I'm done. Hey. So just so you know that you you doing the damn thing and both of y'all really I always be bragging on y'all. So y'all keep shining. Jasmine, you gonna graduate. I'm a, and I have a bunch of students. So I was like, I'm gonna go to nurse school. I'll be like, well, one of my sisters, she a nurse, she in school now, get her second master. So I'm gonna talk to her. I'm pretty sure she would love to talk to you. And I got a friend, he about to be assistant director at so and so and so and so. My friends doing some dope ass stuff. So I just want y'all to know I see y'all. If don't nobody else tell y'all. Oh my gosh. I see y'all. And I be bragging on my friends. It's time. <laughs> you never know. You never know. <laughs> Y'all silly. Oh my Ooh, God. Shout out to At Carden Banks. You never know. You did not say his name that country. Carden. <laughs> <laughs> At Carden Banks. Don't mess up my moment. <laughs> okay, y'all. So um, let's let's come back, reel it in. But you know, I get asked a lot in the clinic. You know, Perfect Patty gonna get us together if we stay off topic. Yes, we done look that whole first segment took half the podcast time, but. I get asked in the clinic a lot by pregnant women, can I smoke weed while I'm pregnant? And so it made me think, like, I need to really research this. I can't just be giving my opinion. And a study came out. I read it today. It talks about whether weed or alcohol is worse for you. Shaq, which one do you think? Ooh. Tell me, without a baby? Because I ain't got no answer. (laughs) Just in general. I mean, I ain't got no baby. Oh, 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 oh. Well... Ooh, I'm. I drink, so I'm gonna say weed is worse. But I actually kind of disagree. I think alcohol is probably worse. Okay. What about you, Erica? Damn. I am going to go with alcohol as well. Alcohol is worse. I knew it. Much worse. So I thought that was I thought that was interesting, and I'm gonna have to do some further research on what do I really need to tell these women. There are a lot of studies Tell coming out now. Weed is a drug, and you and you take other drugs when you're pregnant. Depending on where you are, weed is illegal. Here in Texas, weed is illegal, so I cannot say that. Um, and the effects on the baby are unknown. That's been my spiel. So it's not recommended because the effects are unknown. Do with that what you please. 
How do you ever? How are we ever gonna know the effects if somebody does a case study and just decides to go into research and put their baby in in jeopardy? I mean, people who are pregnant no, smoke all the time. So whether they volunteer for the study or not, that's up to them. But <laughs> it's people out here that smoking while they're pregnant. Let me just say, you ain't lie because I know a person who would not go have her baby and she was in a lot of pain. She waited a whole day to have her baby because she wanted to let the uh, weed, quote unquote, wear out of her system. I was like, wow. It happens all the time. Now, here in Texas, yeah. it, it used to be where every mother or I mean, every baby got tested. And if they were positive for marijuana, they had to call CPS. Now it's more subjective, like if the if the baby's born early or if there's some suspicion, then they can get tested. But it used to be everybody getting tested. Interesting. I, I, that seemed like a waste of money. Indeed. What ain't? I distinctly remember, I think I was in, had to be in college. I feel like I was in health in high school. I can't remember. Is it the health in high school or in one of my um, human development and family studies classes? But the way that they talk about the effects of weed on babies makes you think that weed is like going to kill you with one puff. They really don't know. Right. The way that they talk about weed in general is just like it is terrible for you. Blah, 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 blah. But Jasmine and I have talked about this before, and maybe even me and Shaq. Like, there's so much research on the positive effects of weed, especially people with chronic illness, um, <laughs> that people just can't make up. And I don't know if I don't know if any of y'all read Time Magazine, and I just happened to stumble across it today. But Time Magazine, their cover right now is about weed. I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go read that. Yeah. Yeah, I said I was gonna go look it up. It's a there. It's a, a article on weed in there too. So I wonder what the law is in Florida about smoking weed. Cause you, friend, when we was in it, I saw a couple vapor shops. Vapor well, shops friend, don't we mean weed. Meta, is we legal. saw that cannabis, but we saw that cannabis place with the weed as the logo. Remember? Right, but that one of them had the RX symbol, but one of them that I saw didn't. So I don't know. We're going to see. Is I'm looking it up right now because I'm interested to see. It looked like you can do or you can have. Um, it's not recreational use, but you can do medical marijuana in Florida. Hmm. I mean, that that makes me wonder. Or it must be easy to get a prescription if they got a whole if they got two stores. Just right there, they they weren't far away from each other. Mm, it just depends, I guess. Let me find out. All I gotta do is uh scrape a knee. I can't find them right now, but I guess because my phone, because I took a little break to look too. I'm find some reputable sources. Let me go straight to Wikipedia because you know that's reputable. <laughs> that is not. You cannot <laughs> put that on the essay. But you know what? I ain't gonna lie. Wikipedia used to be my go-to. Well, kind of still is my go-to. I go straight to Wikipedia. Then I look at some stuff. Then I find they sources. And most of the time, <laughs> Wikipedia sources actually be reputable. I don't know if people they ever do. looked at them. I haven't really had too many problems with Wikipedia. And Wikipedia, to me, is always one of the easiest things to read and digest. 
Alrighty. Well, thank you for that, Jasmine. We'll be on our um on our search for uh, reputable articles involving marijuana. <laughs> Don't get in trouble so Shaq, putting that in the search bar at work. <laughs> right. Don't do I'll be searching at home. <laughs> on your own network. Alrighty, Shaq. Kick it to us. Alright, well, y'all know what time it is? What time is it? It's time for a millennial music mashup. Hey, what song we got today, Cues friend? Applause here, <sighs> friend. We got one that I know everybody knows, um, but it's by a group. Uh, hell, are they all still? Li- okay, I don't even know if they still live in that Tasia. Shaquille. Anyway, Shaquille. Really? Uh. But anyway, I think, oh, one of them living and the other one, no, one of them died. Okay. Anyway, the song oh. is No Scrubs <laughs> by TLC and Left Eye's a part of that and she did, right? Oh, you couldn't put it any more eloquently. I know. She's oh. no longer oh, with shit, us. Oh, shit, I'm sorry. She passed. She Damn. did. Okay, you know what? I was just thinking about that at work today real quick. How do you say when people die? Like, what is the best way to say that somebody is dead? They passed. They passed away. Because I used to think it was expired. (laughs) What are they? A carton of milk? (laughs) Yeah, I just remember one. Oh, my God. At your funeral, that's what I'm going to say. He has expired. I just remember one time this person's grandma died and the band director, he was in band with us. And then the band director came out. He was like, so-and-so's grandmother expired. Wow. <laughs> and everybody in the room died laughing. Not at the fact that the lady had went on to be with the Lord, <laughs> but because he said expired. And so then I got thinking, I was like, oh, I guess that's an acceptable way. No. No, it's not. I ain't not. never spoke publicly in the front of no group of folks to my somebody expired. But anyway. Well, Left Eye is no longer with us, and the song is No Scrubs by TLC. Um, Editor, please insert a clip here. Or wherever um, this fits. So, the, 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 I want to pa- unpack a couple of pieces to this song, y'all. So, I guess we ain't done one in so long. Hell, we only did one other one. But the idea here is that we're going to unpack the lyrics that they have sang and whoever wrote and sang for us. And we're going to say what it would sound like or what they would say if the song was written today. We can still do that. We remember. Yes. Okay. The very first, the very first two lines, it says a scrub is a guy that thinks he's fly and is also known as a buster. Now we ain't going to change a buster. We ain't going to change scrub because that's the, that's too important for the song. But the other pieces what could we change that to be Jasmine if you were going to remix those two lines oh, <laughs> put me on the spot what would you say I don't know Erica you go first I don't know uh uh-uh, uh you're not finna kick it to me cause I didn't change the let me kick I, it to I, Erica I a... <laughs> okay let me think let me see if, let me see if my freestyle well, first of all do people even say like what's the what's the synonym for fly <laughs> A scrub is a guy who thinks he's who think he fly. For fly. I don't know. You, I'm not. I don't know what the, what the youngins say. I feel like I'm the auntie now. I, I've transitioned. Okay, we can get. Okay, maybe it ain't fly that we want to change, but hell, we definitely ain't using a buster. 
Yeah. And I, listening to that, that really puts makes me think about how old this song is. Right. I think it's like 20 years old already. It's 20, yeah. Dang. I, so I didn't change the lyrics. I just was thinking like, okay, a scrub is a guy who thinks he's fly, also known as a buster. So I'm thinking to myself, this is the kind of dude or person. We'll, we'll put it in the context of the song. This is the kind of dude who think he's a lot cuter, a lot more tra- attractive, and thinks he got thinks he has way more swag than he actually has. And is a scrub, therefore he a bum. I will use the word bum. He that comes naturally. Bum. He a bum. A scrub is a guy that so thinks he's fine. a bum is a fine. guy that thinks he's fly. He fine, not fine. fly. Okay. Yeah, fine. Okay. He thinks he's fine. Uh, and also known as a bum. Also known as a guy who thinks he's fine and also known as a bum. (laughs) No, you can't say a bum is a guy. It's a scrub is a guy. Oh, a scrub is a guy who thinks he's fine and also known as a bum. Bum. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. Okay, okay, so now he a bum. The other part is... And this is what I want to know. So if you, if, what is behavior befitting of a scrub or a bum, <laughs> or, if you will? So they said that a scrub is a guy that can't get no love for me, blank, hanging out the passenger side of his best friend's ride, trying to holler at me. Now we ain't really, you know, let's just, what are other ways that you, people holler at you? Cause you know, I think back in the day it was acceptable for you to be riding long, you slow down and you kind of say something out the window to a, your a shawty or something. <laughs> <laughs> but I already know where I'm thinking about this, but I know what I'm gonna say too. What you Okay. <laughs> Sliding in somebody's DM. Yes. Yes, that's what I was thinking. Well, you gotta go further than that though. <laughs> Me? Sliding in them DMs but, and what? I think when you slide in somebody's DMs, there's a difference between being like, uh, it's the content that you present. I'll be honest. I haven't had somebody slide in my, I've only had one person slide in my DMs and I think he did it well. So he just really approached you. Well, he said, and low key friend, this is the guy I was talking about. Yeah, I, I don't want to put him on blast like that. Not that I think he gonna listen. This is the guy I was talking about. I know you talking about. So he he slid in my DMs and said, "I hope you don't mind me saying this on here, but you're gorgeous." And I was like, okay, because I think that was appropriate. I think if he was a scrub, he would have commented on one of my pictures. Hey, cutie, blah blah blah, this and that. Like you took. You literally just took what I was about to say out of my mouth. I was thinking, because I don't think a screw up. I think sliding the DMs is appropriate. And let me just say, I really, it really pisses me off when people slide in the DMs real like nicely, appropriately, and then people out them and like try to like talk about them for sliding in. And they looked and they were now and like and they were single. Now it's different if they were in a relationship and they slid in. That's different. You can't be anyways appropriate if you was in if you know if the person was in a relationship. Anyway. It's for me, because I'm thinking about on the passenger side of the best friend's ride. Mm-hmm. I'm comparing that to you coming on the on the on your friend's picture or you know doing something Ooh. through your friend like publicly. 
you know, so say like I'm with you, Erica, and I post a picture of us two, and I and everybody clearly know we friends. If somebody come in on that picture, like one of my homeboys come in on that picture and be like, oh, dang, who is that? You know, that kind of stuff. Oh. Trying to holler at you that way. Mm, that's a good yeah. one. That's that's definitely best friend's ride. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely best friend's ride. <laughs> okay. You got something, Jasmine? You say what? You got something? You look like no, you I was I was thinking about the DMs, but I, I like Shaq's better. When you comment on somebody else's picture, you're like, uh, who that who is that with you? Or she right, fine, you know, something out. like that. Y'all, have y'all ever had okay. a friend hold on, sorry. Okay. I posted a picture of me and a friend and somebody called me and was like, Jasmine, who is it? They called me. They need they didn't comment on the picture. They called me and was like, Who is that you with? You with her right now? Can I FaceTime? Can I holler? Dang. No. I appreciate that though. That's a good if you a real friend and they a real friend, that's a good alley hoop. You I mean alley hoop. You just like, are you with them? So let's act like this authentic, you know, like I was just gonna FaceTime you, blah 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 blah. Like it wasn't that thought out, but I understand where you going with that. I ain't let no no friends do nothing no more. Shaq not even allowed to get get my phone. Wait a minute. Don't do that. I, we ain't going back there. The last lyric that I want to unpack. Back down memory lane. When she said, Back down memory lane. When she said, uh, When they said, If you live at home with your mama, oh yes, I'm talking to you. Oh yes, uh, I'm talking and if to you. you. Well, to go back when she said, If you don't have a car and you're walking. So, are those still definitions of scrubs? If you don't have a car and you're walking and you're living at home with your mama? You know, I saw a meme today that said you won't talk to him if he living at home with his mama, but you don't mind if he living at home with his wife. Ooh. My God, today. Oof. There's oil there. <sighs> that will preach if anything ever would. I just you know, thought, I thought that was interesting. So me and my friend Shaq was talking about this. I.e. somebody told me today, friend, that it was so cute that we call each other friend. Anyway. Well, you know why one of my friends said that we call each other friend. I do know. Um, I don't know. Okay, I guess that's the end of that. Everybody, my friend Tim, one of my really good friends, Tim, says that Erica and I constantly call each other friend because we are in denial about the fact that we are more than friends and we just want to want to keep saying friend to make ourselves believe it. You didn't add that. And part you better not and you better not agree, Jazz, because I call you friend sometimes too. Your friend went yo he wasn't talking about me. He don't even know me. He was talking about child. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, you better not agree. <laughs> I'm gonna keep different than my right, friend. friend, we know we know what we know what it is. What's understood ain't gotta be explained. I know, I was just hey. about to say that. <laughs> it's a um, classic. <laughs> 
Okay, so me, friend, me and my friend was talking about this the other day, like how our, how we have matured, and you know, we used to have such unrealistic and um, shallow expectations of the people that we wanted to be with. He gotta have straight teeth. He gotta have a six pack. He gotta have a, a bunch of money. He gotta have a Mercedes Benz, and he gotta this and that. And it's just like, girl, if you don't get on, I mean, as long as he's brushing his teeth, I mean, we can work something out. Do we have I a go. job? <laughs> Right. But I mean, like, it's different. And so I think for this, you know, I have known some people who um, are living with their parents and they are contributing to their home. And I think something that I think about now, not even to be super serious, like I if I went back and live with my parents, it would be at this very moment. It would be because I wanted to. But some people living with their parents, they got to help their parents survive. Now, and I think now, I think it's a completely different situation if you stand with your parents because you lack ambition, you lack determination, you lack uh, grit, you lack inspiration, and you just lazy. That's a scrub. But if you stand at home and you contributing to your household because you trying to you trying to grow your family, I think that's different. So does it, does it take a while? Because the way they were singing it, they they gonna prescribe you as a screw up immediately if you meet X Y Z criteria. The way you said it is, you know, it's a holistic review before you prescribe somebody <laughs> as a uh, screw up. I I think you have to have a holistic review process because I. I How long does it take? I think there's a lot of things into play, you know. It takes a, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you can put a number on it, but I'm gonna be scanning, looking at everything to see what's happening. Like, cause I mean, if you're going to work every day, are you taking care of business? Are you taking care of yourself? Like, have we talked about your family? You letting me know how you're paying your parents or your whatever parent um's mortgage? Are you paying that? And it's just you know you saving money so you can get your own place and. To me, that is like somebody who is exhibiting um, quality attributes of somebody that will take care of their family, somebody that loves hard, somebody that is selfless and sacrificial, someone who is responsible, someone who is reasonable. So it's like, if you're going to look at it like that, that's fine. But like, once again, you live in a home with your mama, you ain't doing nothing either. You, you at home, sleep on the couch every day and I'm going to work and you ain't looking for no, uh-uh. Anybody got time for that? If you're going to be on the bus, if you're going to be in your friend's special side, you better be grinding. They don't stop nobody grind. I'm thinking about the reverse. Oh, you can get an amen. I'm thinking about the reverse. Like, I've had this happen (laughs) where I think just naturally the profession that I'm in, like, we make good money. Nurses make good money. And I've had a guy say, like, I know you would consider me, but I can't offer you nothing. He wasn't a scrub by means like he lived with his mama, but he wasn't at the same, I guess, income level as I was. He was like, I can't I can't offer you nothing. So he dismissed himself. He ain't take no holistic review. <laughs> but I respected him. So like, sometimes. don't waste my time. <clears throat> did you, but did you feel like based on the income piece he couldn't offer you anything did that even matter to you that didn't matter to me like I just 
because of the profession I'm in, it's going to get even worse when I become a nurse practitioner. You know what I'm saying? Like the gap is going to get worse. <laughs> I'm just saying the gap is going to get a little different. And so there's many ways that you can contribute to a household other than income. And just because you got somebody to match your income don't mean you happy. Right. So I don't necessarily think that disqualifies you now. If you yourself feel a certain type of way that I make more money than you, that's a whole different topic. That's within you and your insecurity. So, yes, dismiss yourself. Right. Okay. Friend, did we answer your question? Did we dig deep enough into the scrubbery? Yeah, I feel like we got some modern day examples of what it might mean to be a scrub, if you will. Okay. Friend. <laughs> Is that all you doing today? Yeah, that's all I'm doing, friend. I'm sorry. I was just sitting, sitting here waiting on to go into the ne- to the next thing. Okay, you I, I maybe I just didn't uh take the other stuff off the agenda. <clears throat> and so to start to uh, end the episode I kind of want to hear Some small tidbits From y'all um, Today on my segment What in the hell happened Kind of keeping <laughs> in line With some of the um, <laughs> Keeping in line With some of the things From our past What in the hell Happened to K-Swiss What you mean What happened <laughs> Where they at Cause I had some And like From like Cause my daddy Used to rock them Matter of fact My daddy still has them And they have Colored shoestrings in them I've been trying to get him To take them out but you know You gotta live in his glory Wait are they multicolor Like is one shoe One color And the other shoe Another color Oh god I couldn't let him Go that far Okay I remember every school but Year getting to- a fresh Pair of K-Swiss Okay the all white Joints Same Me too But what the hell Happened to him Where Nike? I never remember Getting no K-Swiss Really I never had white shoes Growing up to be honest <laughs> White shoes They didn't let you Cause they didn't want you To get them dirty yeah, my grand. I can hear my granny that. Them things gonna be too nasty. <laughs> <laughs> I had a pair of white and a pair of black. Yep. Yes. <laughs> okay. Wait, they uh, made black the K-Swiss? Oh, they sure did. What? I said, did they make black K-Swiss? But they sure yeah. did. I remember. I had the I had the same exact shoe in black and white. And they better last you all school year. Right. Okay, so my next one is, what in the hell happened to portable CD players? The same thing that happened to CDs, hell. <laughs> <laughs> y'all remember when y'all used to have y'all portable CD player on the bus, and the bus used to uh, go over humps, and so the CD was skilled? Like, damn! Do I? Yes. <laughs> and then if you had a fancy CD player, you got the anti-skip kind. Remember? Yes, I remember putting it on my that hip. That was also the one that took to an extra station. battery. When I bought station to the bus stop, I had it on my hip, like it was cute. Everybody saw my my uh, CD player. <laughs> and now look at us now. Then, back to remember you used to, to get them cases with all of the CDs in them, y'all. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't oh, talk though. I still listen to CDs in my car, so I can't talk. Still has y'all, y'all should. City lovers would be really disappointed in me, and I used to be one, but y'all, I literally probably bought over a thousand dollars with the music off iTunes um, during undergrad. Like, I'm not even joking. 
And I have CDs in my car, but some of them so scratched and cracked and broken in half because I, I don't even pick them up no more. Because, I mean, you got stuff like Spotify, and I can literally get any song I have ever thought of. The whole thing. And so it really is interesting. Like, it used to be if you didn't have a CD, if you didn't have a CD or if you didn't have a computer and internet to get on LimeWire, you wouldn't get in the track. Did y'all ever burn Yo Boo a CD, a mixtape? I didn't have no, them, but I definitely had some burnt CDs. My uh, my homegirl Farron in high school, she used to take CD orders. <laughs> I did too. Then when I got fancy, I started printing the labels on them. Ooh, which I thought was so cool. Yeah, I back in the day, CDs were like a real gift. But bootleg burnt CDs were a real gift. Yes. <clears throat> and then my last one and it feels the need to replace this particular item with uh with something that is resonates more with you but what in the hell happened to baby bottle pop baby bottle baby pops. bottle pop baby bottle pop okay you know what what was them little yeah, pop resonate rocks more with the commercial than the actual product said it again jazz you remember them pop rocks you put them in your mouth they be going crazy oh they be going crazy. <laughs> That's what we used to eat. Friend, what candy you used to eat? Ooh. Um. My last. Ooh, friend. I don't know. Like, I don't know nothing that left. That's the point. I don't think I, they even s- sell baby bottle pops no more. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't know anything that I ate that that just left and went away. Um, that's what I'm, I don't remember, really remember eating baby bottle pops. I just remember the damn commercial on Nickelodeon. I love me a good baby bottle pop. I used to hate when the uh, I used to get rid of the sucker before I got rid of the powder. I'm really trying to find something, y'all. <laughs> Shit. Jasmine. You talking about this powder? Oh, you remember them fun dips? Like on one side, it had the little Hell stick. Yeah. And See, then I didn't eat that stuff with powder. I ain't eat nothing with powder in it. Really? No. I love that fun because, stick. And I hated them pixie sticks because you know if you you know if you got your spit on the pixie stick, it wouldn't come out the container no more. Yeah. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. When you could spit on the end, it would not come out. You could be trying. You had to recut it. <laughs> you had to cut it. Um, did you I mean ring pops, them? but they still out. Say it again. We used to eat ring pops. We did. You yeah, see, ring pops they good. still out though. Them uh, Mike and Ike's, we used to eat them. Mike and Ike's and ring pops have definitely transcended time. Indeed. I'm trying to think what else. Just like Skittles, they asses ain't going nowhere either. <laughs> Starburst. They got so many Skittle flavors right now. Okay. I just want to know what in the hell happened to those things, you know? And the and the honorable mention I just want to throw out there are that I think they may still sell this sometimes, but when I see stuff like what I'm about to say and some of those other candies, when I see them, I'm like, these must got to be like two, three, four, five, sixteen 16 years old if they in this store like this. But the y'all remember that tattoo gum? Yes. Y'all remember that jazz? Each each paper, each gun was wrapped in a paper that you could tattoo and just put some water over, and it would tattoo on your skin. Mm-hmm. No, but I do remember them. They also used to have it, them tongue tattoos. I don't remember that. I, the only gum I remember what, is on the, the one that's in the though, uh, in the roll. Y'all remember that? It was pink. She, he just said fruit roll ups. 
No, no, no. Come back to the gun. Oh, okay, go back. Oh, yeah, the oh, bubble gum. Yes. Bubble, the tape. Bubble it tape. was the tape. Yes. Yes, the tape. And then, tape. They, and then they had the ones that were like, it had a zebra on the front and it was in a metal container. Remember? That, that's the tattoo gum, I think. Ain't it? Oh, I didn't know you could tattoo. No, zebra gum must no, be the one with the different color wrappers. Yes, yes. But it was another one. Was it Bazooka? Let me, I gotta look it up because I had one it was like tattoo gum and each gum was in a wrapper that you could turn into a tattoo. Did y'all eat uh, Boston baked beans? Hell yeah. I feel like somebody on the block always had one of them. <laughs> I love them yep. Boston baked beans. Just like uh, but they still make these too. But uh, Cheetos, and then we also used to eat them corn nuts. Remember them? Oh, yeah, they definitely still making corn nuts. Yeah, your breath be funky for the rest of the week. But the crunch on them corn nuts be good. Like that's a crunch like none other, right there. I'm gonna go give me some corn nuts. Y'all, did y'all, in elementary school, this is my last question, so I know we gotta go. But in elementary school, did y'all teachers ever used to like have little different days where they would just like have a random activity? And I, my second grade teacher, Miss, uh, I think her name was Miss Frazier, who I actually think is no longer with us. I was told a little while ago that she passed away. But <laughs> she. It ain't funny that she passed away. <laughs> it's just funny that she. Did you say it like that after we just had no the conversation? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Mm-mm. Y'all not gonna do Miss Frazier like this. Uh-uh. My Miss Frazier was a bitch. I mean, I ain't like my Miss Frazier, but anyway. <laughs> Anyways, y'all. Which one of y'all gonna hit us with the action items today? Because I Which have one of officially y'all? relinquished it as my duty. What the fuck action items? Watch your language. The action items are all the social medias. Oh, yeah. Go on and hit it with us, Jasmine. So this is going to be my job from now on? You took oh, it from me because you said I, I wasn't doing a good job. Before you go, thank y'all so much for listening to the show today. Um, Please engage us on our social medias. That Jasmine we didn't give you permission to uh say it now. I wasn't about to say it. I just we didn't even end the show. Anyway, Jasmine, go ahead, cut him off because I'm tired of listening to him. I'ma say it. Matter of fact, we love y'all. And if you love us, follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Books to Bills Podcast, on Twitter at Books to Bills. And on if you want to send us a email, go ahead and do that at from Books to Bills Podcast at gmail.com. And let me get out for y'all. I got to go lay my burdens down. I got to be up early in the morning. Bye.